one of my favorite things is when the people that, or the clients that I'm coaching will admit that they did not do their homework. So for example, typically I will end a, a every coaching session, either I'm assigning homework or they're choosing their own homework to, so we're, we're moving, we're moving the ball forward in the weeks between our calls. Now it's really interesting. And I, I always tell them, Hey, I don't mind if you don't do your homework. I mean, I get paid either way, but you will get more done if we do the homework. Now, frequently something hits the fan, they don't do their homework, and this is always interesting. When they admit to it, typically I have to kind of pry into it. Why didn't you do your homework? I mean, I don't care either way, but I love it when it happens. It's refreshing because we're looking at truth. Hey, good day. Welcome to the Consultant and the Coach podcast. Today, team building gone right. We talked last week about what happens when things go wrong? Hey, let's not make it pessimistic. Let's talk about when things go right. How are you, Josh? Uh, doing great. Doing great. Hello, everybody. Uh, we're excited to talk about some things today that are gone right. You know, last week was sort of funny, but sad in terms of all the ways it can go wrong. We've all experienced, but hopefully today we can encourage you with some ways that you can see it go right, uh, as Eric said. Um, and uh, yeah, what, what do you have first for scripture today? I think this is yours. You're up today. Yeah, I was thinking uh, Ephesians chapter 1, verses 5, and then jumping ahead to 5 through 17. So when thinking team building gone right, um, I think frequently I'll talk about difference between foo and fog, F-O-O versus F-O-G. But Ephesians 1, 5, Paul writes, he predestined us in love, he predestined us us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will. So what we see here, God's adopting us into his family. But then in verses 15 through 18, it says, For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. And the reason why I chose these verses is we see God calling us to be part of his family. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But it's not just like, hey, congratulations, you prayed the prayer, you're in heaven, you go on. There is so much more. And this is where I said foo versus fog, family of origin, which is kind of like, hey, this is what we're born into versus the family of God. We are destined for community, mm -hmm. for righteousness, for connection. Mm -hmm, and that mm -hmm. is what Paul is alluding to here. Hey, it's just not, hey, you're not just called for just something small. You're called for a glorious inheritance. And this is what a great community looks like. When when community goes right, and this is like the true universal church, this is what things look like. Mm -hmm. So even in our businesses, yeah. that is what I see things looking like. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this, it's just... Um it's this uh, almost supernatural connection that people experience. And even people who aren't expressing it from a Christian faith perspective will, will see glimmers of this. It's sort of, it's, it's baked into this kind of redemption story of creation and, and these opportunities to sort of redeem. We talked about toil and work, right? And redeeming mm -hmm. toil to make it into work. You know, I think the same thing for community. You know, you can redeem brokenness, turning it into highly functional teams, right? Team building on right, as we're talking about today. And I, it was one of those things I was praying over this episode, even thinking of it. I was hanging out with one of my team members this morning, and he is a, he is a recovering uh, alcoholic and uh, not a Christian. 
But I was just, I'm like, tell me more about your recovery and your sobriety. And he was just taught, he's, he's one of those guys, he's been really blessed by Alcoholics Anonymous and the connection there. And I was like, that fits perfectly into this episode because mm. what he sees mm-hmm. and is the connection of the people, you know, that he has walked in his sobriety with has mm-hmm. really, really helped him. He hasn't mm-hmm. had any setbacks because of that connection. And I'm like, that you know, in a perfect world, that's what businesses should look like. What does proper connection look like? So I was writing down, you know, team building gone right. You've got to have great connection, great competency, and great character. What does that look like? You know, Josh, as you've looked and worked with different teams. So in any of those areas, what's what's a good team building that's gone right in one of those three areas for you? Yeah, no, I think I've seen it go right in a lot of areas. You know, I think the first thing as a principle across all of those I would highlight is it's it's highly leadership-based, right? So team building gone right in any environment, in any of those ways, is going to be really reliant on the leader. And for those of us listening or those of you listening, if you're, you know, the CEO and or in a role with a quite a bit of autonomy, it's it's definitely on you. If you're not in that level of autonomy, you know, you have, you know, some level of management authority over you, it actually is harder, in my opinion, because you've got to, to build that in your groups, you've got to be able to sort of filter out any poor leadership above you, influencing Mm -hmm. your leadership style, while operating successfully and being able to actually exhibit the leadership required. Um, You know, one of the examples I would give in terms of um, just competency is have worked you know for a while now with a client who um, has done a lot of private equity uh, work and they have built a really neat culture of leaders you know basically what i would call the no jerks policy right and they've gone out and they've really recruited people into this um, conglomerate uh, of companies um, who are really well-meaning and savvy business folks who actually want to build a functioning profitable business but want to do so in a way that's full of character and full of grace and and uh, just good generally good people to work with and i would say you know for all the places i've stopped along the way i've seen it done so poorly so many times i've actually been refreshed at how nice it is to work there with the people i work with and we disagree and there's problems and we go too slow and there's plenty of issues to work on strategically of course but um I appreciate from just a general, I think it's just a competency one. Everyone is very competent from how they understand the business, how they care for each other, how they understand how to treat each other. Just from a business competency perspective and a leadership perspective, it's, it's a really great group of folks who I think really understand well how to um, build a business and work together towards common goals. And it's, um, it's really nice. And what I love what you said is, you know, you started with competency there. But you also dove into character mm-hmm. at the same time. Yeah, because what you're both. saying is you're like, well, hey, they have a no jerks policy. That's character. Yeah. You can't have jerks or so and so. I don't want to work with so and so because of they looked at me this funny way. But you said, Hey, I love the competencies. They understand the business. Whatever kind of business they're in, mm-hmm. you've got to have people who understand that. And that's how, you know, great team building. You've in basketball, you've got to be able to shoot or rebound, whatever mm-hmm. that looks like. Mm-hmm. You work in the healthcare field. They got to understand healthcare. They get it. Um, I, I manage a home medical supply. For example, we do a lot of wheelchairs. My team needs to understand how to fit wheelchairs. If not, if that competency is not there, it doesn't work. And I've had 
you know, I, I've had some team members, they don't understand properly fitted wheelchairs. You can do way more damage than good if they don't have that competency in understanding exactly how to fit the proper wheelchair. And when that has happened in a good way, uh, it has really helped our team building because now we don't have the complaints over mm. an improperly mm-hmm. fitted wheelchair or what that looks like and so that's one of the nice things when competency is there with your team um it it really gets going on the right level now you also brought up the no jerks policy so competency going gone right looks like hey we know how to do our jobs but you alluded to character yeah What, what do you mean no jerks you know what's the definition of a jerk yeah i mean in this case it's not a formal policy so there's there's some companies out there who have referenced that policy because there's some i've read about who've made this a very formal sort of policy stance but i mean it's it's really this idea of trying to find i think people who are driven and business oriented business savvy but but have laid back in terms of the politics and the way they deal with each other right your interpersonal um approach um, so I think that's, you know, that one, I think another one that comes to mind, I think connected to character is, um, you know, finding groups of people that is interesting that there's, and maybe this isn't character, I guess, but there's also just this element of common ground that people are willing to build teams around, right? Obviously business problems is a key one probably in what we're talking about, but also, you know, it made me think of when we were preparing for this, think of, um, our family we've talked about before is an adoptive family and and there's a lot that comes with that especially when you're a transracial adoptive family you sort of stick out whether you want to or not in public it just is part of the gig and it was interesting to me i was surprised at how refreshing it was to go to a conference for families with adoptive kids a few years back and to find this sort of un unexpected community and unexpected breath of fresh air when i found myself around people like me right? Like our family and didn't feel like I was going to have to answer a lot of public questions about our family or, you know, sort of field the sideways glances and the questioning stares and the, you know, pointing and the, any number of other things that happen on a regular basis. Um, and I think that's, there's something to that in terms of team building, right? Is, is one of the things that, you know, to remember is as leaders, as you build these teams and you're trying to put these teams together, I think there's also an element of helping people rally around something that they can defend, right? Like how are they connected differently from every, with everybody else on the team who's also defending the same flag or the same thing, right? Sort of like military, you know, comparisons. So that's what I would say. I I like what you said there. You said it was refreshing. Mm -hmm. Why was it refreshing? Yeah, I think it was refreshing because so many times, at least in our adoptive journey as an example, you know, you see we're few and far between. And so you sort of feel like you're all alone, mm-hmm. right? And then there's and there's obviously that's that's sort of the problem we're talking about, right? Is this idea of lack of community or, or um, lack of connectedness, right? And so anytime, you know, I think as leaders, we can help the people we're leading find connectedness with others, right? Otherwise, you know, loneliness just becomes pervasive. And as we're seeing, right, coming out of COVID, people were desperately lonely and the mental health challenges associated with that are going to be facing the country and the health system for many years. Here's another example of that, right? So I think it's just, it's this idea of community and connectedness that's important. And there's something refreshing when there's true community it's refreshing to mm-hmm. just hang out with other people yeah. like you and be accepted exactly as you are. Right. Not saying, hey, Josh, you only get to hang out with us if, if you've done it this way. No. Mm-hmm. 
they and, took you as you are. Yeah, no, even even if you're different, but I think that the, the key is there's a connection point of something that you do have in common, right? Mm-hmm. So even as different as you might be, you're finding this common ground around which you're you're finding you know some level of um, common interest, you know, some kind. And team building gone right in the area of character from a coach's perspective, mm-hmm. and this is going to sound weird. One of my favorite things is when the people that, or the clients that I'm coaching will admit that they did not do their homework. So for example, mm-hmm. typically I will end a, a every coaching session, either I'm assigning homework or they're choosing their own homework. Mm-hmm. To, so we're, we're, moving, we're moving the ball forward in the mm-hmm. weeks between our calls. Now, it's really interesting, and I, I always tell them, hey, I don't mind if you don't do your homework. I mean, I get paid either way. But you will get more done if we do the homework. Now, frequently yeah. something hits the fan, they don't do their homework, and this is always interesting. When they admit to it, typically I have to kind of pry into it. Why didn't you do your homework? I mean, I don't care either way, but I love it when it happens. It's refreshing because we're looking at truth. Mm-hmm. And typically underneath layers of everything, there's the truth. Well, why didn't you do your homework? Mm-hmm. Well, my my daughter had a panic attack, and then this project blew up at work, and then... And then <laughs> This thing happened. There's always something. Yeah. Well, great. Let's dial into that. That's where the real gold is. Mm-hmm. And so, and that's the great thing. Team building on right, when people will say, hey, they'll come to their lead or they'll have a team member under them and say, hey, boss, um, I just couldn't get this done because I don't understand what key performance indicator you're looking for. And I don't understand what that looks like. Can you help me walk through why you're asking for these data, data numbers? That is very, very refreshing mm-hmm. compared to others who will say, look, I'm just not going to do it. Yeah. Or I'm just going to throw in some numbers. I don't care. You know, screw the boss. Right. Th- that's really hard. That's a character issue. Mm. And if you have a team all working on the same page, we can then pull in the same direction. Mm-hmm. In, in your example, hey, let's talk about what does it look like for families with kids that are adoptive? H- how does that look? What what does it look like to have a really great family? Yeah. Well, and in your example, how, how do you how did you how do you move people and trying to build a good team? How do you move those team members who are resistant to what you're talking about? How do you move them from you know negative attitude to positive contributor? Right? Because there's sort oh, of absolutely. two paths, right? There's mm-hmm. a path towards rehabilitation and there's the path towards um, exit, <laughs> typically, right? Because once you get there, mm-hmm. and, I, and I mean, how, how do you... That is a you, tricky, tricky yeah. situation because there is a... We've got to accept people for where they are, but typically they will hide things because they're worried about getting in trouble. Mm-hmm. How do we allow them to fail in a very public and safe environment without taking down the company mm-hmm. there's a, there, there is a gray area you can't go so far over here to the one side and say okay no matter what happens everything's always okay You're right yeah. that'll take out your company but you can't go so far over here to this side and then no one will ever share anything because if you accidentally show up one minute late for work well i guess you're fired now what and that I don't have an exact answer, but when we're working on it, and this is establishing the trust, what does that look like? Mm-hmm. Did I answer your question without answering your question? I think a little bit. I think I think the other thing I would just add to that is there's there's always a difference in my mind between attitude and performance, right? So the, the, you, someone may not be performing in exactly the way you want, mm-hmm. but if their attitude is one where they're willing. Or desiring to learn, or even demonstrating some progress, 
right? Versus even if someone who's performing, but their attitude is not open and willing to change, to grow, to move, you know, resisting, you know, you can't overcome that, right? So I think that's the first thing is assessing whether it's a performance issue or an attitude issue um, and then addressing it appropriately. And the attitude issue, you know, I would say don't set your expectations too high because you can't change someone's attitude directly, right? You can certainly shed light on their performance and Mm -hmm. give them coaching on that. But in the attitude piece, that's so self-driven, so internal, right? You can't, you can't, I can't just wake up one morning and fix someone's at bad attitude. No, right. we can't. Yeah, and really, at the end, I work on my own attitude. Right, 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 right. But I can't, I can't change someone else's as much as I can try to illuminate their their opportunities for improvement around performance. Mm-hmm. So. And so, we, we, we team building gone right in terms of competency. Team building gone right in terms of character. The third one, team building gone right in terms of connection. Mm-hmm. And I think it's one of those things. I know it when I see it. Mm-hmm. So. The example I wrote down when I was in the Philippines a few months ago, I took my team ziplining. And it mm-hmm. was just, it was a great, great time. We mm-hmm. were just having a fun time. We were connecting. Mm-hmm. But this morning, you can't always do ziplining in, in, in the Philippines. This morning, I took a, took one of my coworkers out to Starbucks. Literally, it took a whopping 15 minutes. We were talking in the car. He got a double shot espresso. I got my Americano. But we just talked life going to and from. We kind of... We touched base for 15 minutes. Then we came back to my office. We did our yearly sync. We nailed down on business. And then we finished with, hey, let's let's talk about, uh, we were talking about one of his children in basketball and what that looks like. Hmm. His, his, his kid got the most improved player on the basketball team. But we were doing business, but we were also connecting at the same time. Mm-hmm. And even from my standpoint, even though he has a very specific job with our company, I see him I knew he was a dad, but I see him even more as a father who loves his son, wants the best for his son. And that helps me out mm-hmm. is that connection and what that looks like. So sometimes, yeah, we, we need to have some fun. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean we're always playing foosball on beanbag chairs. Yeah, it might be. But yeah. it, what does that connection look like? It might be you just stopping by someone's desk and talking for two minutes. Hey, what fun thing do you do this weekend? Mm-hmm. Or what hit the fan? Yeah. What do you see when you go consult from outside organizations in terms of connection gone right? Yeah, I mean, again, these are all leadership-driven, right? So compliments to your leadership for taking the time to listen, see. You know, I can think of examples, personal, um, community-based, and and, um, and professional, where, you know, the, the need to connect, it doesn't really matter the how as much as, the again, the back to this attitude issue of wanting to, and it's a leadership-driven topic. Right, it's it's investing, making it more. It's, it's servant leadership. Connection is really servant leadership, right? It's making it more about other people than it is about yourself. And I think um, I'm trying to think of a good example right now offhand. I worked with a, a CFO one time who was, you know, very kind about just coming by. I think many people, but my desk occasionally, and just say, hey, let's grab lunch, right? And 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 we you know got to know him very well and stayed in touch and you know had another. Um, Another boss I worked with who, um, you know, went out of her way to help people feel um, special and connected to the point where even I was texting with her this weekend, actually, and, and we worked together 
15 years ago. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I like that connection sort of, you know, endured because of the fact that she was, she was caring. She took some time and we also, you know, I would say survived a semi-traumatic professional experience, (laughs) um, together in terms of uh, the environment we're in, which also helps, you know, connect with people, right. Enduring something that is less than ideal always helps you to build connections with people in very unique ways, which is, um, which is, which is lasting. Well, and it shows you what connections are real versus fake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, the number of anyone who's run or coached through a business understands, oh, I thought I had connection, but the moment it was broken and then it fell apart, well, mm-hmm. it turns like it was fake. You know, I've been, I've been friends with you for going on over a decade now. You are a very real person. It's you, you care. And I see that in your relationships also with others and just what you shared. It was a real connection starting in the office. Well, once that was severed, it still goes on. Why? Because for you, you truly cared about the connection aspect. Sure. And may that be what we're known for. Right. Is true connection. And this is where even though this is a, you know, I'm a Christian, I have more, more of my team members than not. I would say probably do not share my faith. That does not mean I can't still have connection with them. Right. We st- <laughs> we all work in the same business. There's that. A lot of us have family or hobbies or how are we going to connect with them? Because we need to meet everyone where they're at. And you saw Jesus do this great. What does you know a great connection look like? Absolutely love it. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's great. I- it's, uh, it's an important thing, too, right? Because I think it helps uh, leaders and companies thrive, right? This is part of that secret sauce. When those mm-hmm. teams are humming in the right direction, you can just you can run circles around your competitors, which is, which is awesome. It's great to sort of this great little secret that, you know, it's not, not that big of a secret, really, but it's actually not that easy to, to create. One of the things, and here's one of my secret sauces. You know, it, it's, I, I'm good about figuring out when things go wrong because when something hits the fan, everyone knows because it's just flying everywhere. But every Monday, I'm writing down five things that have gone right. And typically, I will use, you know, so today at the end of business, I'm going to write down what five things are going right in my business, connection-wise, competency-wise, character-wise. That really, really helps me. Because sometimes when things go right, no one brings up, hey, Josh, you did all these things right. They're only going to come to you when things hit the fan. Right, right, Now, that's next week's podcast. Right. (laughs) How do we deal things when things hit the fan? But but wherever you're listening to this, what I would just encourage, just pause the podcast right now and just say, okay, what is one connection thing that's going great in my business? What's one competency area, whether yourself or one of your team members, and what's one character thing mm-hmm. that is going right? Because we, we all know things that don't go right. right. But I would say, what are those three things? Yep. So, hey, uh, you know, team building gone right is fun. It's fun to win. It's fun to move forward. Next week, we are going to f- flip it over. What do we do when things hit the fan? How do we navigate our clients through consulting when there's chaos? In coaching, I call these 911s. Mm-hmm. What happens when you have to call 911? I need help right now. We were going to be working on this forward progress thing, but instead, all of a sudden, one of your team members calls 911 for yeah. something happening in your organization. What do we do? Because you've got to take care of it. Because if you don't call 911, Sometimes people don't make it through. So what does that look like? And hey, that is next week on the podcast. So hey, between now and then, uh, head to our website, theconsultantthecoach.com. Check out our latest blog. I did it this day. So uh, tell me what you think of it. I would love to know. And also, hey, 
uh, posted our last podcast on both TikTok as well as YouTube. So feel free to hop on there and uh, you can see Josh looks a lot better than I do. He's wearing a great shirt where I'm just, <laughs> I, I'm rocking the Costco shirt, but hey, there you go. it was on sale and um, it works. But hey, until then, reach out to us mm-hmm. and uh, final word to you, Josh. Oh, no. Well, I just, uh, everyone have a great day and we look forward to walking through some of these uh, crisis examples with you next week so you can hopefully apply some lessons learned to next time it happens in your business. So we'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. Thanks, guys.